You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Even though B-Will said his basketball season is actually tomorrow will be portal season, B-Will. So let's talk about that. Uh, I want to start with the defensive side of the ball. When you talk about defensive line, uh, Marcus Harris, does Marcus Harris have a COVID year? Yes. His freshman season was 2020 at Kansas. But yes, he does have a fresh uh, COVID year if he wants to use it. I don't foresee him actually using it. I think he's more than likely moving on. Uh, We did have uh, Eniche Sledge announce that he was uh, going into the portal uh, last week. Uh, I think there was another... I don't think the other person... Steven, is there Steven Johnson? Yes. Steven Johnson, he went into the portal as well. Yes. So we already have had two defections from the defensive line. Um, Gentlemen, when you think about the defensive line, I don't foresee any other defections. You just never know in this day and age. Uh, I know people were excited about some of the pickups in last recruiting uh, season with the guys like Darren Deron Reed, uh, mm-hmm. Darren Reed Jr., uh, Wilkie Denod. I don't foresee those guys entering the portal, but you just never know. Right. When you look at the defensive line, is this an area where Auburn can go back into the portal this year to beef up that line, given some of the departures that we have this year? I mean, could they? Hugh Free said they always want to bring in competitive talent to continue to get better at any position. So, yeah, they could. I'm trying to think about how many guys we have in the defensive line room who haven't even really sniffed the field. Like, Darren Reed didn't really get any playing time. So, you expect he'll get that shot coming coming up in the spring. The same for Wilkie Denard. He played some, some garbage time snaps, but he didn't really get that shot. I always wonder if we're saying goodbye to some of the guys who didn't, who are have already chosen to transfer, like a Steven Johnson, like an, an EJ Sledge. I mean, they may have seen the field, but not for significant snaps. And the reason I say that, they're practicing with these guys, right? Like our coaches are looking at these guys in practice all the time. They're, some of them may be on the scout team, so they're actually getting to see what they can do against our ones. But I always wonder if we're giving up on some guys too soon. When I say giving up, I mean not giving them a shot to start or getting the rotation because I don't know if y'all remember this, but Marcus Harris was a two-star recruit, which is why he was at Kansas. He's a two-star recruit, and he is leaving Auburn as our best defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman this year. Best performing, best graded interior defensive lineman this year. Guys take time to develop. You got to give them a shot, get them on the field, and um, at Kansas, he had that opportunity, so he got to work it out find himself and play past what his star rating was. I'm, I can't help but wonder if some of the other guys who are here aren't going to get that opportunity. And, and that makes me a little sad. Y'all know I'm mm. being on the guys who chose Auburn first. And I always want the best for those guys and get them to get their shot. But I know that they're big on beefing up the talent. So 
are there defensive linemen in the portal available who are difference makers? Now, there are plenty of G5 guys who will be looking to take the, the next step up to Power 5, to the SEC, I'm sure. I think there's always value there. We Y'all were talking about the FSU defense. They got a couple of G5 guys. Jared Verse, one of their defensive, I don't know if he's a lineman or an end. He may do a little bit of both. He was a G5 guy. He was one of the best players on that defense that is absolutely insane, and he's a G5 guy. There's always going to be value there. Look at the the guys who end up winning Defensive Player of the Year in their conference, who end up um, with the most sacks in their conference. There's always going to be value there. Is our staff on the hunt for it? Are they already on the trail for those guys? I mean, I would hope so. I don't know. I don't know what else they're looking for. Answer this for me. Let's just talk defense and just period for guys who we project to be returning. Who can Auburn not afford to lose to the portal from our current roster on defense? You got I'm about to throw out some names. You got a Eugene Asante. You have a guys like Austin Keys who did transfer the year prior. Right, He's not going anywhere. But you got guys like J.D. Rim. Uh, you got guys like Keontae, who could go to the GoPro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who are some guys that Auburn needs to roll out a sales pitch to? We can't afford to lose you. We we need you back contributing. Who are some guys that stands out into, in in your mind? I, guys, I'm thinking about that. I never got a chance to see Austin Osbury. Remember that was a big pickup for us. A yeah, few years we thought back. it was. So so. Who are some guys that Auburn staff needs to say, hey, we need you here? They need to be having those conversations. Man, I think the the, the most important retention needs to happen with Asante and Keys because we don't want to have to turn that over so soon. Like, we just found Keys just got back, and mm. things seemed to gel once Keys got back to, to join Asante. Those two guys being your starting linebackers allows the young guys you come in. Because we got linebackers coming in. Linebackers, not a problem. Highly touted freshman linebackers and uh, rusher with Joseph Phillips and Waller. Listen, we have edge and linebackers locked down as far as coming in. You don't want to put them out there week one and say, hey, go be everything you need to be in the SEC right now. You need to keep the linebackers that are seniors, going to be seniors next year, get them back. They both have something to show as far as their draftability. I think Asante could go and get on a practice squad right now, but he needs to shine at the highest level and not just in the defense. That's just okay. I think next year would be his, this year was his coming out party. Next year would be his, uh, I don't know what the, the proper metaphor was. He needs to climb the draft charts though. Is what he needs to do. And I think next year he could do that. The same thing for keys. He didn't have the season he wanted to have due to injury. Come back, prove your draft stock status and let these young guys grow up behind you. Don't don't put those young guys on, on front street just yet. I think it has to be Asante and and Keys are the most important retainees. Mike G, what are your thoughts about the defense in terms of who needs to be on this roster come next season? Uh, I think B nailed it. I mean, I don't have anything different there to add. Uh, same names. Uh, ultimately, retain as many of the guys be just named as you can. Um, and uh, build from there. They've got some highly touted kids coming in in this class. I don't know, like the college football is so physically demanding. I, I don't know how many of those dudes would have a chance to contribute immediately. Um, right. But you know, ultimately, uh, I think that 
there's a good shot, right, um, that Auburn can be decent next year defense. Some of the good names that they're losing worry me a little bit. I mean, you're you're that secondary man. Like you're losing some guys uh, uh, that aren't going to be able to come back. So you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how they do defensively. That was the strength of this team this year. Um, so you need to figure out a way to build on that unit, uh, not only through the portal but with the retention. Ooh, uh, the kid that they had a big land defensive land in the portal. The guy's name is escaping me right now. Um, I'll think about this past year. No. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'll tell you this, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how Ron Roberts reloads, uh, this defense. I did a great job this year. I think overall I would give him, you know, based on what he accomplished with the guys that he had, uh, um, I would give him an A, uh, he was not deep. They just weren't deep. Uh, but he found a way to get the most out of the guys that he had. I expect him to continue to do that. So what's that going to involve? Just like B said, it's going to be some guys that didn't get a ton of time stepping up into roles and, uh, you know, filling, filling the shoes, uh, you know, uh, that are being left open here on the defense. I, Auburn cannot afford, in my opinion, to take a step back, a significant step back defensively next year. They just can't. Um, I don't know how this thing is going to go offensively, but I know defensively they need to do their best to hold serve. Uh, and that means holding on to the guys you have. So you, you're, you're saying that Auburn is very likely in, and I, I actually – if you were saying this, I agree. Auburn has to be the strength of this team next year as well, which means you're going to have to have some guys anchoring this defense who were productive this year on the roster next year. Correct. I mean, the defense has to be a strength next year. You, the defense you has Auburn. to be. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, Auburn's going to be the strength the, of this team, yeah. The, 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 the de- yeah, the defense has to be the to strength yeah. of, of the team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think they need to continue to lead from that side of the football. Um, so just retain all your guys right right now. We, what we know about the staff is that they went into self recruit mode as soon right. as the Iron Bowl was over. They right. immediately mm. started talking. You know, Hugh Freeze gave us an extra Monday press conference where he talked about re recruiting your current roster. That's a reality of college football. So he went into re recruit my roster mode along with recruiting kids out of high school because they obviously went out and they landed Camp Coleman on the other side of the ball. But like I said, defensively, uh, it's it's clear. You know who you're losing. Uh, Ike and I went over all the seniors that don't have eligibility left. It's defensive heavy. A lot of defensive guys that are leaving that were definitely leaders on this team this year. Uh, so, like I said, you just got, just got to relock and, and, and reload. I'm going to grab some of the comments before we switch over to the other side of the ball. Cleveland Brown says, and Nasili Kite come back. I think Nasili uh, he's, he's Kite, I think he, I, he said what now? I think he's done. I think he's out of eligibility. So he didn't have a COVID really? year? I think this was his COVID year, 23, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I'm not 100% sure. But Ike was, was looking at that, and he said that he was done. So I, I do think he's done. Okay. Okay. Uh, Lawrence Robinson mentions Woodyard as someone that they need to keep. Man, I don't think. I, unfortunately, again, he has not um, been what we hoped to this point. I mean, has he even had an opportunity to show what he can or cannot do at this point? Like, I don't know. I, I, I have right. no idea of if he's been given a serious look. It seems that we went with Larry Nixon. Um, of course, he came in here. Tolan had to step step out, and we gave some some reps to um, what's his name. Uh, linebacker could have went to Stanford, but came here. Why am I missing on his name? Very smart guy. Uh, Wesley Steiner. Steiner got those reps. Nixon got those reps. And for a little bit, Cam Riley got those reps. 
Woodyard has not been in position to make an impact yet. Now, again, our coaches are looking at these players not only in practice, but on scout team. Some of the scout uh, scouting on Woodyard was that he's just not fast enough. He's a hitter. He's a thumper coming downhill. If we're playing, if it's 2008, if it's 2004, he'd be a great middle, a starting middle linebacker. But in 2023, when with the pass attacks that we see with the speed that's at the skill positions, even at tight end now, maybe that that was the difference. The reason he couldn't get on the field. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, Lawrence, he, we didn't see him. And I don't know if they need to retain him because we don't know what he is or isn't. We just, we just don't know. We don't know. Uh, Black Wing says can't lose Keontae. I mean, we can. I, I agree. <laughs> I don't think you lose him to the portal. I just don't know if if he's going to the portal. He may go pro. Mike, you're if you're talking, I can't hear you. Uh, I'm gonna grab grab one more. When Mike gets situated. Anthony Grant says McLeod needs to come back as well. Man, I hope um, he, he does. does have some eligibility. I hope he does. He, he does. does. He does. And maybe the the games he missed. Will be the the impetus, knowing that he can boost his draft stock. I think McLeod is actually a borderline, probably like fifth or sixth round or something like that. Just the speed and and the power that he shows when he does rush the passer, but he didn't do it quite enough. A full season of that, I think, gets him third, second round if he can show out. So I think I think McLeod comes back. There are a few players who you can boost your stock by coming back. Um, one thing that actually may be huge is that Keontae Scott got injured late in the game. Does that affect his ability to go to the senior bowl, to play in front of those pro coaches and contribute? Like that's that's part of the allure of the senior bowl is you're going to get in front of NFL coaches and you're going to get to practice in front of them so they can see you one-on-one against other senior players that are good. So it's not like, hey, you know, you play great against some G5 teams and you're a P5 school. No, the senior bowl can actually take you from undrafted sixth or seventh round to drafted and third or fourth round. If you're practicing in front of pros, if he can't do that, then I think that his he may have a harder decision to make than we think. If he can go to senior bowl practice, if he's good enough, if it was just a, a slight shoulder injury, then I think he probably goes and, and maximizes his, his potential in the draft this year. But, I mean, I'm with y'all. Keontae Scott is in a, a critical piece to what we do here our defense got better when he came back it's we i would love to have him but man you still want these kids to do what's best for them and, and i'd understand if he went uh let's switch over to offense and i'll start with this comment d left says i love the tweet by damari austin about not leaving to go to a winning team he'll just grind until we're that winning team with that said is he someone that we think i still can't hear you mike can you hear me no no not yet so i'm over that mic Still can't hear you. Stun with that mic, Mike. Okay, there you go. Uh Yeah, I was a little worried about Damari. (laughs) Uh, All signs point to, like, this was supposed to be Jarquez's year to go pro. But the Mm -hmm. offense was so poor, I I don't think he could do that. So with Jarquez returning, that running back room gets a little bit more crowded. And then you got the young guy, Cobb, coming up. And I thought they showed him a lot of favor this year. Not down the stretch, but, you know, if you're Damari, you're you're sitting here thinking about the division of snaps. Mm -hmm. You know, and how they played Jarquez down the stretch. And now in the Iron Bowl, the the carries evened out a little bit more. But, man, I, I... 
It'll be interesting. I liked yeah. how they I liked how they used the rotation in the Iron Yeah, Bowl. I mean that's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, I liked that it worked. Season. Uh it's it was just everything was rough to start the season. You know, so you know, Damari was obviously the lead back to start the season with Jarquez being out. Um, but the but the offensive struggles were were man, it was killing them. And and, and, and you gotta remember too, this line is gonna be different. Next year, yeah. this offensive yeah. line. Now, I thought they played fairly well this year, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, there was no point at this year where I just thought, oh, we just can't protect the quarterback at all. Right? right. Like it was, it was about, and when you look at the pressure rate stats, it, it was, they were like, you know, middle to top half of the SEC, right? In protection. So uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Damari, I was worried about for a second. I, you know, he, he definitely had a decision to make. Um, but uh, wisdom would suggest patience, guys, because hopping in the portal, man, running for the next school is not always the answer. And I don't know if he got enough tape to be like a top portal, like, right. you know what I mean, prospect if he entered the portal. So, right. Especially yeah. at running back. Running back is just a, a position where you don't even have to be highly talented. I don't know if teams are, are going to commit nil money and resources to running backs it's like hey man we if our line's good enough we can put almost anybody back there there are very few running backs in this day Mm -hmm. and age i think make more of a difference than the system and the offensive line system and offensive line will produce you great results at your running back position and there are special running backs out there there are good ones there are great ones there are some that are just okay but if your system and your offensive line are correct Honestly, man, you can do it with whoever you got on your roster. So um, I think we got something good here with the, with the, the running back room. I, I can't wait to see Quez and Damar and a, a more experienced Cobb. Man, man, give some snaps to Sean Jackson, man. What did he do to not get snaps? I wanted to see him, you know, take somebody's life out their body, run over him. Man, he didn't get that shot, man. We are set at running back. I see why they, you know, parted ways with Fat Burnett. Listen, we're good. We're good at running back. I hope the whole room comes back intact and beats up the SEC next year. Indeed, indeed. So let's let's talk. Let's talk tight end position group. The guy that I want Auburn to fight to hold on to is Michael Riley. Duffer. As well, as well. Yes, that's that's my selection here. Do we know now? I had the list. He was looking at people. I think. Tyler Fromm is done, or Tyler Fromm was going to enter the portal. He's going to enter the portal. Yeah. Um, Luke Deal. Luke Deal is Coming going back. to return. You made that. Announcement. He's going to return. Um, and I, I wanted him to. Um, Brandon Frazier. Have not heard. I think he actually Un- has a COVID year to use yeah, if he yeah. wants to. Yeah, unclear. Yeah. Okay. Michael Riley is the guy who I really want to make sure this coaching staff brings. Mike, your thoughts? Jimmy? Michael Riley Ducker will return for the next season. Um, he'll be back. So, um, uh, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm safe to say this. I've actually spoken to him, so he will return for this season. Uh, he was in a group of guys who they all had a decision to make. Um, you know, Rivaldo Fairweather, I think, coming into the room, it changes the math. And then when you look at how they played the tight ends, uh, mm-hmm. This year, you know, when he did get in the game, he showed a lot of promise. He's definitely the best blocking tight end Auburn has on the roster. Mm-hmm. 
Right. You know, um, so uh, he's got to come in and just handle business and hopefully he'll get a chance uh, to get some playing time. I love Luke, man, but he, he didn't catch a pass last year. Not a single one. Really? He didn't catch one pass last year. Some of those weren't mm. on him because he, yeah. he was missed frequently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Zero catches last year. And, you know, uh, he's got, you know, to to step up his blocking game as well for the amount of time that he was getting. So, you know, if you're Micah, you're just sitting there looking all that and you're talking to the coaching staff post Iron Bowl and saying, hey, look, what are we doing here? What's the deal? Right. Am I going to be able to step up here and earn some time? Uh, or what do I need to do? What more would you like to see from me for me to earn more time on the field? Uh, uh, Rivaldo Fairweather is a dynamic talent, but he didn't exactly set the world on fire this year. Right? He had some disappointing drops, uh, some balls that you expect a guy that they um, talked about so highly to make. And, man, I, Micah, Micah's never, he's never, he hasn't missed the, catch since high school man like <laughs> this kid can catch he can catch a lot and i i just think you know use him he's he's a great talent he's got good speed he's got great size um you know he's he's a smart player when you talk to him you can the intelligence shows it just seems like a dog in the making too. yeah yeah you just can't always favor experience over youth and ability right right and well, not even wait yeah go ahead go ahead i'm sorry but we, I know what you're about to say. Uh, so I'll say this quickly. Like Sometimes you just got to get the dogs on the field. <laughs> yes. Right. That's it. That's bottom line. Sometimes you just have to play more talented player. And um, Hugh Freeze is probably a little old school in that mm-hmm. if he could get a guy to take a red shirt, he would probably prefer it. And uh, But I think it's time for Mike O'Reilly, you know, because if you're going to use the experience argument – the, the guy's going to be out of eligibility before he gets a shot. Right. Are you going, you recruit the next guy that's got one more year of eligible, you know what I mean? Experience oh, than man. him. At some point, this is, this is kind of the same discussion at quarterback. If you think about it, at some point you got to stop you. Some dude you recruited out of high school needs to be the heir apparent. But if you're yeah. going to go to the portal every single year to bring in the next guy, you're going to be stuck in that cycle. And that dude's going to come in with presumably with a bunch of starting experience. And then kids like Holden and Walker just sitting on the bench like, okay, what do I do to beat out this dude who's got two years starting at the P5 level? Right. You brought me here. Play me, please. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen, let's, 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 before we, we get out of this segment here, Let's talk receivers. Mm-hmm. A much maligned group. Mm. Um, I expect some departures from this group. I think Mike G knows full well who those departures are. I may not want to uh, say anything. Yeah, uh, stop I'll, smiling, Mike. Stop smiling. I'll, I'll, leave that, I'll leave that to you, Mike. Um, but obviously, we understand what Auburn is uh, expected to bring in uh, through the recruiting class, the 2024 recruiting class. Um Definitely got some dogs in the making from that group. From the portal standpoint, in terms of departures and maybe bringing any guys in, what do we what do we think happens here? Uh, look, Jay Fair is your most important resigning. If if you ask me, if you again, if if, mm. if you're sticking with the whole experience thing theme you've been with, um, 
you don't lose a whole year's worth of experience there because outside of him, you know, I think him and Caleb Burton, I think, are the ones that they fight to hold on to. And everybody else is expendable. Now we well, know Caleb Martin, Martin can't go. Caleb Caleb transferred here. Right, right, right. Yeah. But you know, you understand. So those are the two receivers that you keep that, that are gonna be here. Um Aaron, <laughs> Javaris technically has a COVID year. Right. He okay. he can return. Uh but he's going to be possibly looking at options as well, too. I mean, he's got enough tape to go someplace and play. As yeah, long as it's a solid spot with a, with a good passing game. But I think he could go earn a starting spot somewhere if he decided he wanted to transfer. Um, they've been fighting every year to hold on to him as well, too. Like, every offseason, right. it's just like... He jumped into the portal. One yeah. Year. It was, it, yeah. He was he trying to go to Ole Miss, but he just he got in too late or need to pass a class or something. It didn't yeah. work. Yeah, I look. Someone asked me uh, on Twitter if I felt like the young guys had a chance to play early. And, you know, we talked about this kind of at the top of the show. I feel like if anybody has a chance to play early, it's going to be Cam Coleman. But ultimately, what has happened there, I mean, I think hooks and shorter are done. Both those guys had one year left to play, so they're out of here. Um, you played hooks a ton. Uh, so there's going to be some spots to fill. And I think that they may f- fight to hold on to Javarius, Jay, and obviously Caleb will be here. And then Omari's out- gone. And outside of that, I mean, you've got to re- refill this room. And, and maybe that's what Cam- part of what Cam Coleman was looking at in addition to the fact that Jimbo got fired and Texas A&M was going to be the same program. Like, I can walk in there and start day one on the outside because who, who are they going to have, right? Marcus Davis went to go visit with him on Sunday, and I'm pretty sure he just told him who was leaving. <laughs> and he probably just broke down the roster. Like, look, man, when you come in, if, and you're going to be an early enrollee in the spring, Bro, you're you're it. You're gonna be the dude. The, the only way you're not is by your own doing. <laughs> yeah. If you mess up, if you don't do the things you're supposed to do, if, you know, if you don't work hard. But yeah, I, I see those three, and then you build around them because, quite honestly, how could it be worse than what you saw this year? That's right. Right? How could starting those freshmen be worse than what you saw this year? You're bringing in probably the best wide receiver class in the country. Malcolm Simmons, Bryce Kane, Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, and then the talk is, is this this kid Ryan Williams, the five-star, is reclassifying. Maybe reclassifying. Which in, which improves Auburn's chances to get him if he does yeah, reclassify. And then jumps in here early and is like, hey, let me jump in on some of all this free playing time y'all hanging out. Y'all handing out. <laughs> what a, what a, if if that happens, and we're already crazy. Here, what an amazing year one recruiting at the P5 level. Yeah, now all you stages. need is somebody to throw them the ball, man. Like, <laughs> this is going to matter. Well, well, that mm. brings us to that, that topic yes. before. Come on, let's <laughs> break. break. That brings us to the QB situation. Um, obviously the QB room as it currently stands won't be the same QB room. We know there will be at least one departure. Right. I think we're curious to hear about Holden Gertner. 
Um, Ephesians 2, 8 verse 9 says Jay Fair gone. He thinks Jay Fair is gone. Lawrence thinks Camden is gone. Yeah, I'm not, uh, definitely wanted to get those before we went to QB. But gentlemen, what happens? What do you think happens here? All right. So. <laughs> I like it when he said, all right. <laughs> he gets excited because he'd be knowing something, but he'd be wanting, he'd be waiting for the right the alley so he could you know go ahead, go ahead, buddy. Do your thing, man. Do Here's you. the reality of NIL. You spent a boatload of money on Peyton Thorne. And mm. it maybe didn't work out to the level of dollar you paid, but to some extent, you're stuck with that decision. Because I personally don't believe Auburn can afford to go out and get a Portal QB worth bringing in that will be a guaranteed hit without severely upsetting the balance, dynamic, and projection of your QB room. So at some point, you have to break the Portal QB cycle, guys. You do. I mean, look at these other schools, these guys. Uh, 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 you know, people were down on Milrow to start the season. He lost his job for a game. He won it back. And look what he's doing now. Homegrown. You know, Ewers got into Texas early enough that they could try to do something with him. But ultimately, I mean, I'm just saying you have to be able, you got to recruit. And if you're uh, like, to me, I, again, I don't, I don't want to see Walker White not get a shot. For as much as we've heard well, about him and he's, he's talked about, yeah, like come on, and, 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 and he's getting. And I want to see him get a shot with these receivers. Uh, I I personally think Auburn does not bring in a QB in this cycle. Um, and, mm. and, and under the condition that Holden Gurner returns, Holden Gurner decides he's going to return to this QB room. I, I it's most likely that we'll see. Auburn roll with Peyton Thorne, QB1, Holden 2, and true freshman 3 in case of emergency. Is, so let me ask you this. If Holden Gurner stays, what is it that you're saying to Holden Gurner at this point You are Garrett, that would get him to you, say? You are 100% QB2 uh, 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 with the option to step up to 1 if something goes sideways or Peyton really craps the bed or you know what I mean mm-hmm. he, he you're promising him that he is as solid a QB2 as QB2 can be but you use the experience argument against him last year so how does he overcome it you didn't give him a shot that's what I'm saying like what do you say to yeah, him yeah yeah like yeah. It, 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 are you promising him he's the guy in the driver's seat when Peyton Thorne leaves, or is he going to have a chance to compete with Peyton Thorne? Well, here's the deal, too. It's not just about what they're promising him. It's about what his prospects are. Also, what would be holding him here is the fact that he cannot just transfer to another program and be guaranteed anything either. So is it better for you to stay here, work hard and hope for the best, or go someplace else where you have to make a mark. Unless these kids are willing to take a step back in the level of program that they want to go to, guys, nothing's going to be guaranteed to you. We saw TJ had to do it. He got two shots at two Power 5 schools, and then he was like, Texas State it is. (laughs) Top top 15 passer in the NCAA. 
Beat, beat Baylor. They beat some Power 5 schools this year. Now, do I think TJ Finley is the best quarterback ever was? No, I'm, my point is, is that he knew he had to get some tape. And yep. his camp knew exactly what he had to do to get some tape. Yep. Because he could not just transfer to another Power 5 program after not winning the job, you know what I mean? Lose, winning the job, losing the job, and doing what he did at two Power 5 programs and think that that was going to work out. If you're holding, you, the math is different for you, but you still have the same types of worries. You can't just walk into another program and be, you know, he didn't have anything on tape. Now, he's a solid uh, 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 Division One talent. But if you're walking into another Power 5 school, you're either taking a step down in the level of school or to step down in the, in the group of five, the group of five. You know, kind of like Sean Shivers went to Indiana and he's like, look, it was Indiana, right? Like, of course, he's going to walk in there and play. Indiana. Does Holden want to do that? If the answer is no, then you stay. Because his options are group of five, terrible school with no talent, but you'll, you'll play. Or stay here. That's the math for Holden Gurner. And I... If he stays, I think the coach and staff takes his experience that he has in his system and you just roll with him for next year because I, I, I honestly, they've been, dude, they've been coaching for year three this whole time. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so I, I anticipate next yeah. year will be another stopgap year where they just try to get through it. Here's where I disagree, though. Here's where okay. I disagree. You are going to have... Five star Perry Thompson, five star Cam Coleman, too dynamic and not to be overlooked. I think either Bryce Kane or Malcolm Simmons would have been, um, could potentially have been the best wide receiver in any of our previous three recruiting classes. Mm -hmm. You cannot waste their time. Now, you came in here and you didn't think much of the wide receiver room. We had our troubles at wide receiver before he freeze got here. You brought in a bunch of other guys that were group of five or, or division two, you know, with, with Shane Hooks. And you made the decision, we're just going to see how it goes. You can't, let's just see how it goes with Cam Coleman, who, would, assuming that he signs, will have a get-out-of-jail-free card to transfer with anytime he wants. Yep. Or Perry Thompson, or yep. Bryce Kane. Mm -hmm. The pressure is, is on Hugh Freeze. Now, I agree that he's playing for the best team success in year three, but if you're going to keep the guys you just got committed on board, you got to do something better than what we did at the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I I I I agree. I think, and and now that you're getting your own recruits in, 100% agree, Brian. Like you, it, the pressure is even more on because these aren't dudes you inherited. These are dudes you you right. you made real promises to, right? <laughs> right. So the right. pressure will be on, and you've got to fix it. But I, I I think they put themselves in a position at QB that yeah. Did you guys hear what Matt Rule said? He was like, right now, if you don't have a million dollars, you're not getting a top portal QB. Auburn is not spending a million dollars on Grayson McCall or, or uh, you know, these kids are asking some ridiculous money. Now, I, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I talked to somebody about this at the other day. The numbers that you hear flying around, it's not anywhere near what people think it is. Right. It's just not. But you've spent that money. And guys, that money is not coming from nowhere. People are donating that money with the expectation that you are using it in the most efficient way possible. 
Somebody, I mean, I don't love me feel want to hear this, but somebody wrote a check for Peyton Thorne. <laughs> That's today's college football. <laughs> somebody wrote a check for Peyton Thorne. And if it was my check, I'm like, I want to see Peyton Thorne on the field. <laughs> relax, B. You got relax. Somebody wrote a check, and somebody's going to have to write the next check. You cannot be delusioned into thinking there's an endless pot of money to go out and give out in NIL. There's not. Right. Right? What happened, a lot of those dollars that you guys that used to get donated to Tigers Unlimited, which is the fundraising arm of the athletic department, is getting diverted to these collectives. That money and the people giving the money, they're not just digging in for another million dollars. They're saying, I'm giving you 500 here and 500 there. Or whatever level of the, that they're giving. That's why the collective has a subscription-based model to try to crowdsource the gap. Which people need to go Yeah, yeah. So if that. you donate right. to that, Join right, yeah. That. Like, if you get 100,000 people, you files a month, right? You got $500,000 a month. But they've got to promote that. And, like, you know, uh, we had Brett Whiteside come on this show and talk about how their model works. No more than 10% of what they take in top goes to their operating budget. That's salaries, that's events, that's all that other stuff. So even if you donate a million dollars a year to On the Victory, only 100000 of that goes to, you know what I mean, operations stuff. Now, from what I understand, they have a building, they got a lease, you know, and they're paying some salary. Jason Campbell is in there. I'm sure his name is not cheap. And you've got money that has to get allocated for this stuff. <laughs> so I don't think it's likely, personally, that they go out and get a, 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 a portal QB worth upsetting the dynamic of your current QB room unless Holden Gurner leaves. Right. And to be clear here, we, we expect Robbie to go. And the reason we're not discussing Robbie is we expect Robbie or, to go. Right, 100%. Because no, right. of, and honestly, I think it was made ex extensively clear, we don't trust you to actually quarterback so we're not going to give you the opportunity to actually court him. Yeah, You're yeah. a gadget guy. So they've they've showed them showed them what they think about him. He says, okay, that's fine. I understand what you think about me. I think better of myself. I'm going to take my talents. Yeah, I expect him to be on the roster through the spring and transfer after that. Right. Right. Um, because I think he graduates this summer. Uh, and that's the extent to what, that I want to talk about Robbie Ashford. For the rest right. of this QB room, you know, this is holding. I think this is up to holding. It's Holden's decision. So basically, all eyes are on Holden and Gurner Correct. in terms of what starts the domino effect, if any, in terms of what this coaching staff. Uh, yeah, does. I just don't see anything else that makes sense, right? Uh, 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 you know, it's if you want a portal QB, if you say Auburn has to go out, you're you're pretty much saying bye bye Holden, right? That's the only thing that makes sense. But if you right. keep him and you got Walker and you got Peyton. You're going to add another QB to that dynamic? <laughs> I don't see. And that guy would be coming in for the spring. Plus, Robbie Ashford's just kind of sitting on the roster. Like, <laughs> it's not, I mean, I know. I mean, you got four, you have four scholarship QBs. Yeah, going. I'm not. If, if Holden stays, you, you have four scholarship QBs. I'm not saying there's no possibility, guys. I'm just saying I don't see it. And I know a lot of people, quarterback will be the talk of the, por the portal again. It, it is. But I think it's more likely they bet on Peyton Thorne for year two, given all the mm -hmm. factors involved. And um, 
you know, try to bring Holden along as a backup, and and and, and hopefully that's better yields. Um, right, yeah, Peyton Thorne had two hundred and thirty-nine pass attempts last year. Hugh Freeze's quarterbacks has, have averaged four hundred to four hundred and fifty pass attempts a season. That's how much they managed him this year. Mm. Right? And I don't think you can do that going into next year. <laughs> right? I, I think you've got to let him let it rip at least about 100 more attempts. You've got to be in the mid-300s next year for these receivers to get the types of opportunities where they can actually develop. And then people can stop screaming at a kid who's only gotten six targets in a year when he has a drop. Right. Because the top receivers in the country are dropping passes too. They're just getting a lot more balls thrown at them. Right. Yeah. Right. I just, I, I'm, the, the, the QB conversation also, I, I, it gets me fired. I, like, I, I just want to be clear that everybody is listening that, that, you know, if you're sitting here and you're focusing all your energy on who they're going to get at QB in the portal, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Right. Right. And, 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 and you can as if you if we hear the whole the caveat, because I've learned be that I got to do this because okay. <laughs> I said there's no way Cam Coleman's committing. And then we, you, you were like, what if Jimbo gets fired? I'm like, yeah, well, obviously, if he got fired, that would right. change the math a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what happened. The caveat so, is holding holding Gurner I, to me is the key to all this. So let me ask you this, Mike. Let me ask you this before, because I said we had to move on, but now I got. <laughs> I was. I had another question too. I thought we was going to the drawing. Mm-hmm. Um. So if let's just say Riley Leonard says, "You know what, Notre Dame kick rocks. I do want to go to Auburn." Does that does that have as much weight as what Holden decides to do? If Riley Leonard is begging Hugh Freeze, I want in on Auburn. Does that change the the calculus we have here with Holden Holden's decision? Yeah, I mean, if you're Holden, one hundred percent, you're like, I'm out. You're bringing in another portal QB. So I, but my point is, if this coaching staff comes up on a QB that they think elevates or upgrades this room and fits what they're trying to do, does Holden's decision become inconsequential at that point? Yes, it does. It does. Yeah, okay. Yes, I agree that it does. I just don't okay. think that it's likely because of the money aspect of this. Fair enough. They ain't paying for a Riley which is Which is why <laughs> yeah. Riley Leonard yeah. is leaning Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm paying for that. And, and people right. forget that that is part of this conversation, man. Somebody wrote a big-ass check for Peyton Thorne. <laughs> and that dude right now is looking for ROI. I just don't know what you say to. I just don't know what you say to Holden Gurner. I just don't know. What uh, yeah, you, you get him. To yeah, say. you promise. You promise him QB two, right? And you know, I if I would probably guess he doesn't want to if, be if, QB look, listen, if they if they want Holden Gurner to stay, that's already been communicated to him, right? If they already want him to stay, they've made the, the pitch. Obviously, Peyton is in front of you right now because of the experience. But here are the ways we can see you overtaking him. As QB one, that pit, I don't know what that sounded like, but that is exactly the conversation that would have had to have happened for Holden, okay. right? But, but but no matter what, nobody's going to jump over you into QB two. That's what I meant when I guaranteed QB two. Your floor is QB two. Your ceiling is obviously QB one. Here's how QB one happens: Holden stays, and then all this portal talk about QBs. I want because I don't want to spend a whole portal 
next month. The portal closes on January 3rd. Talking about a bunch of dudes that are never going to come to Auburn. And, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll know what's <laughs> up in the next, like, two yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. I'm, tell- I'm telling we you. Will. And everybody who thinks, oh, well, you, you have to start to look to the future some at some point. And if you keep bringing in portal QBs, it resets that conversation like another year. Right. Right. It does. Every portal uh-huh. QB, it, it backs it up another year. You can't do that two years in a row, man, and then try to sell to top freshman QBs coming out of high school that Auburn is a good spot to land. Because all they're going to see is you picking up portal QBs every year right? and think, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how it works. It's a refurb. You're getting refurbs. I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> listen, I'll, listen I'll, I'll take seven and, and, and six next year and a bowl game win if Walker White is the dude going into year three. If the dude you recruited out of high school is ready to take over and step in like Carson Beck did for Stetson Bennett. And we can start a pipeline of guys taking over the job after they developed in your system. I'll ride with seven and six next year all day long. I would. I take a 500 record where you win some good ones and you lose some tough ones, but you you can still show improvement in terms of your system at that. You know what I mean? Like you still win seven games and show improvement in how you're moving the offense along. I'm ain't gonna lie. You go seven and six. That's an ugly loss. No. Yeah. Well, look, the schedule gets tougher. That's not, ugly no, loss no. Somewhere. Remember, the schedule gets tougher next year. Schedule is. is tougher next year because this is the expanded SEC. Oklahoma comes to Jordan Air next year. We're still only playing eight games, though. Yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, it's a tougher schedule. It is a tougher it schedule is. than it they is. had this year. Right? This was an easy schedule. Six yeah. and six, right? This was. is the, six and six this year is just as bad as five and seven last year. It, in my opinion. There's an ugly loss. No, uh, uh, guys, I don't know, man. There's an ugly loss. I don't. I don't know about that. Look, look, look at the schedule for next year, right? You can't go seven and five. There's an ugly loss, man. Ah, okay, okay. So you you play Missouri. You got mm-hmm. Kentucky, you got Georgia, mm-hmm. you have Oklahoma, you got mm-hmm. Alabama. That's five right there that are going to be pretty tough. Now, you've got Vandy, mm-hmm. uh, Arkansas, which should mm-hmm. be dubs. Mm-hmm. You've got Texas A&M, who, who knows what they're going to be, could or could not be, mm-hmm. right? You've got Cal coming to Jordan-Hare, and then you've got ULM in New Mexico, like, not necessarily. It's not necessarily an ugly loss. It's maybe a little disappointing. New Mexico, New Mexico State, I'll, New, New Mexico. Mexico. Either way, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm scared of it's New Mexico State. Listen, yeah, I don't want to come over here. Yeah, I get my point is this. This, <laughs> yeah, that's this, I would have agreed with that estate that statement for this year. For next year, I, I don't know how ugly the, the 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 seven like the loss would be. It's this is a tough schedule. Adding Missouri and Kentucky to the schedule, even though you lose LSU, you know, with where I expect this team to be, I think those are team games they could reasonably lose if there is no improvement. So yeah, it's ugly if you look the same as you did this year. But, you know, I'm leaving room for those teams to improve, and I'm just looking at Vandy, Arkansas, uh, and Cal, and I'm thinking, all right, wins there plus ULM and New Mexico, right? There's That's for five wins. And now I got to find two more wins between Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M. Well, fortunately for us, uh, oh, a few of those teams are completely resetting things. Not only is Oklahoma losing their OC, but they're also losing their quarterback. Dylan Gabriel's out of eligibility. Sure. Um, the same thing with 
name the teams again? Kentucky. Kentucky has the exact same problem. Mm-hmm. They brought in a rental this year, and he was I'm not, I'm not concerned about Kentucky. All right, so good defensive team, bad offense, which right. is what they've been every year except for— We're playing them on the road or—, or It's at on the road. They're okay, quarter field. So that, that, that will be at least a somewhat challenging game. They're a good defensive team. Missouri had a good year this year. I don't know how scared I am. I'm, drink, you, drink did it one year. One year. I would be saying, okay, now I, I believe they do it again. But Is he Gus's protege through and through? He going to come back I with a slow year? I'm saying, man. As <laughs> soon as people get on this bandwagon, they expect it. As soon as they expect it out of him, he gets shaky. But I'm listen, what happens every year, and we can get to the breakout to the seat, is people, somebody's not going to be as good as we thought. And somebody's not going to be as bad as we thought. We just don't know who that is. It's why we play the games. You got to watch it play out. I'm not worried about seven and seven and five. I think with that schedule, considering where we're coming from, would be an improvement mm-hmm. because six and six this year is actually uh, again, it's not. It was not a good year. But how do those seven and five look? Like to your point about this year, Mike, you were like, "Well, he's he's I'm going to improve the teams as soon as I get there." All right, do you call this an improved season? Because we felt like we were bad last year. I feel like this season was worse because we actually underperformed. We actually played worse than our talent dictated that we could have been. And I think that's that's an underachievement in year one. But next year, I mean, who knows, man? Who who knows? We don't even know who's going to be starting quarterback for us. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, I think it's Peyton Lauren. Yeah, you do. We're going to talk about it. See, we get to break. I, I got a question I want to pose to everybody as soon as we get back. It's Faith Thor. Uh, it's 100% Faith Thor. You know who the starters is. Yeah. I don't accept that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I resign to it. I think it's Peyton. I'd rather have uh, Spencer Rattler than Peyton Thorne. Oh, what? Oh, God, it is the end days. This man just wished for Spencer of Rattler. Was. He's your boy. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. I'm about to say I'd rather have Grant Lloyd. <laughs> <We're getting laughs>